Thank you so much for joining us today. We'd love to know how this ministry is impacting your life. So please take a moment and email us at mystory at cowboyjunctionchurch.com. Also, if you'd like to support this ministry financially, you can visit our website at cowboyjunctionchurch.com and click Give. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Take your Bibles and go to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Everybody online with our online campus, welcome today. We're so glad you're here. We help us welcome our online campus today. Welcome, welcome. That was the weakest welcome I've ever heard, so I'm glad you couldn't hear them. The microphones uh, don't reach that far, but um, uh, welcome. Uh, how many we got watching today, Clay? 18 families watching. We always figure that's not 18 people, that's 18 families watching, and that's pretty cool. Um, today on the Matthew chapter 1 verse 18, this is uh, the spirit of Christmas. It's really cool to think about where we're at. If you're in this room and you like the conversation I had the other day uh, with a gentleman who turned to me and said, I hate Christmas. Worst time of the year. And maybe you share that with his attitude too. I want to turn and just remind you of something that J.C. Penney's doesn't make Christmas. Okay? And Target does not mean Christmas, okay? It's, it's the truth behind, some people are still getting that. They're like, Target, I've never heard of that one. Um, that's what we call Target at our home, yeah. But it, 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 you can get distracted about what the real meaning of Christmas is. And if you know Jesus, then you know Christmas. I've celebrated Christmas in July. Think about that one. I have celebrated, sat down and celebrated Christmas in the month of July because Christmas wasn't a shopping department. Christmas was a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what makes this day really cool. And we celebrate it with the reading of Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. It says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. This is a big deal. As his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph. So stop real quick. I want you to stop there. You would have got one of these in the mail. The, uh, where is it? We got it. There it is. You would have gotten one of these in the mail. It would have been the wedding shower of Joseph and Mary. I uh, just want to jump in real quick and let you know that uh, I think you need, ladies need to sit down and discuss the rules of etiquette for uh, showers in general. Because from a man's standpoint, the rules that did apply don't apply anymore. Let me just give you an idea, uh, just, just from a man's standpoint. Just keep in mind, I have no clue what I'm talking about. But I've, I've observed a lot. Is, is number one, I think that if you, uh, if, if you sign up to be a, a hostess for a shower, you at least should show up to the shower. <laughs> yeah, that was, so there's one. Uh, here's, a, here's another one. If you RSVP to a shower, you should at least... Show up to the shower. Who would have thought that one? That was a big one. Um, I, I think some people would, uh, should talk, you know, about, you know, on, on your first marriage. I think a shower is necessary. From then on after that, we need to talk about it. Never mind. Maybe I'm going, I'm going to places where I shouldn't go. From a pastor's husband, pastor's husband, I, um, I just see y'all are messed up when it comes to showers. I mean, let me just throw this one in there since I'm really digging a ditch. Oh my gosh, how much do you girls spend on plane tickets, uh, bridal showers, 
uh, bridal parties, don't forget that one, the, the bachelorette party, and, and, and dresses. You know what guys would say to a guy that asked him to do a, all that? Dude, seriously. But now you girls just keep saying yes. I think someone has got to do something. I should make a Facebook video to help all you girls out. No. Back to the story. Here we go. So it's a celebration. You would have got one of these in the mail. The wedding shower. Here we go. And it says this. And Joseph, her, uh, and she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say, uh-oh. Because all of a sudden, the wedding shower got turned into the baby shower. Yeah. And this is scandalous. This is kind of one of those deals where maybe you're in the room and you go, man, I, I know what that feels like. And, and there's people in the room that would go, man, that, that's a rough beginning uh, to have to then turn a wedding shower into a baby shower. And, and I think what, one of the things we need to pay attention to is that as much as in our world everything gets flipped upside down, in the story of our Savior, it didn't start out with the best of ways. And we're going to keep going here in verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For what which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for who you are. We need you to open our ears to hear. There's many people in the room that have just thought it can never get better from how it is right now. And your story tells us that you're not done. You're not done with our story yet. So speak to us. Open our hear, ears. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Yeah, so it was a wedding shower that got turned into a baby shower. But in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, it says, Now that the birth of Jesus was as follows. His mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph. And, and before they came together, but no one would have believed this. No one would have thought that this is a God thing. But it was from the very beginning. She was found with child with the Holy Spirit. And the truth is, is that everything about this story looks bad. Now, we know it's not, hindsight being 2020 and all. But truthfully, this had scandalous beginnings. The reason why I want to bring this up today is that there are people in the room it would turn and say that this doesn't look good where I'm at. In fact, the more and more that you look at this story, there's two people being asked to just follow God's plan. The whole story of Christmas, just follow God's plan. An angel 
declares it, God speaks it, the Holy Spirit shows up and brings it. In all types of communication levels, God is in control. He's asking these two individuals, Joseph and Mary, will you just trust that God has a plan? And, and with you guys today, I wanted to come and make that be the most important thing we concentrate on, is that God does have a plan. He's got a plan for your life. He's got a plan for my life. Ever since I started following Jesus, things haven't actually gotten better. Have, have there been some great things happen? You bet. But what I found is, is that there's been many times that God put something in my heart that was his plan and his purpose. And the moment that I decided to follow his plans, things got bad. In fact, it looked really bad. And in this situation, you have a, situa you have a moment where things look bad. But it's not what it looks like. God's not done. I remember when I left college, uh, I went to West Texas A&M University, West Texas State back in the day, and I left Canyon and went to uh, Phoenix, Arizona, something I knew God had put in my heart to do, an uh, opportunity to follow God and learn his way of doing things. It was a discipleship program. But the only person that I had to convinced was my dad. Uh, dad wanted me to finish college, and I think that's a fantastic thing. That would, uh, that would have been a very important thing to do, but I knew this is what I had to do. And so when dad sat me down, he said, how are you going to do all this? How are you going to pay for your insurance? How are you going to pay for your life insurance? My dad had life insurance when I was 19, 20 years old on me. How are you going to pay for your bills? How are you going to pay for your truck? How are you going to live? And I turned to dad basically in a nutshell and said, dad, it looks bad. But God's not done. God, dad wasn't convinced entirely at that, at that moment. But when you sit down and you talk to my dad now, and you say, Sam, what, what do you think of Ty's decision back then to follow something that God had put in his heart? My dad would say that was one of the greatest decisions my son ever made. And it proved to me, too, how real God was, how real God is. It may look bad, but God wasn't done with the story yet. That's this. Did you ever sit back and realize that as bleak as your situation might be, it looks bad, but God's not done. If we were to stop the story of Jesus right now, the story looks bad, but God's not done. Uh, I hope you realize that Christmas is this moment for every one of us to look and decide in our own heart if we'll let God finish what he started in us. Come on. That's one of the biggest faith moments. If you'll just let God finish what he started. A word, a word used in scripture is called to bring to completion what he started in us. Uh, and on down, the next scripture says, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Uh, Joseph was a good man. Joseph, as her husband, was a just man. And the word just there is a very interesting study. Just meaning that he was a good man, that he had a good heart, but also just being translated in that he was a lover of the law. In fact, to back this up, let me read you the New International Version of this translation. It's not going to show up on the screen, but I want you to listen closely. Same thing we just read. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. And to some people, that's not a big thing, to be faithful to the law, to the law of God. But if God ever asks you to do something 
But if the law is sitting there telling you, no, it has to be by the law, I would say you'll miss God's heart if you stick to his law. When even Jesus turns and says, I came to fulfill the law, but you have to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. And in this case, he was faithful to the law, which gave him the permission to because his wife was pregnant and he didn't do it. He could put her away or he could have her killed. In our men's Bible study the other day, Thursday morning, 6.30 in the morning, we read one chapter of the Bible at Iron Man every Thursday. I encourage you to be there. We sat down, we talked about this moment. <clears throat> and to look at this moment to where he could have done something that he was legally obligated to do. But he had chose to listen to the voice of God to do something different. Not wanting to make her a public example was minded to put her away secretly. There's a few things that pop up in this. I want you to pay attention. How many commas do you see in that portion of Scripture? Something that's been said in this church over and over and over again. I can't think of if I've ever preached on it. But we've said it time and time again. You serve the God of the comma. You serve the God of the comma. Now, he's also the God of the period. But let me show you real quick. There are people in this room that would say, I have made big mistakes in my life, and it will always wreck me. Period. And God is the God who comes and says, no, not a period. You have made huge mistakes in your life that have wrecked many things in your life, comma. But I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Period. Come on. And God does a do-over. And in this story, an amazing thing takes place. The story of Joseph and being a just man and the, 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 the explanation of who he is and what he is about to do or could do is all of a sudden defined in this comma situation. And I would turn and say to you, do you truly believe that God is through with your story yet? And if you do, I would say that you've gone as far as you'll ever go in your faith. But if you allow God to finish what he started in you, you will see that he's God of the comma as well as he's the God of the period. And in this situation, we have Joseph, who's her husband, which is a very true story. He's a just man. Which served that he served the law, and he, he knew what the law said to do, comma. And not wanting to make her a public example, it tells us that there was something deep down inside of him that was saying something different. The law was saying, you can have her put away. You can even have her killed. And it protects your reputation. But something deeper was happening inside of him. A, a small tug. And I know it can happen in you too. Everything inside of you is saying, I think I need to do this because I'm obligated to do this. But God is speaking at some deeper level and saying, yes, you could have her killed. But what if in this moment you protect her? What if in this moment you see that it's not what it looks like, that God's not done? And the God of the comma allowed Joseph, and that'd be a tough position for any person, allowed Joseph, allowed Joseph to do some things that him as a natural man could not have done. You serve the God of the comma. And I would turn and say this, that for every person in this room, there is an opportunity for us to stay where we're at or let God finish what he started. And in this whole story, you see the power of the comma in 
the power of the pause. Commas cause us to pause, causes us to think, causes us to look at things differently. And because I keep bringing up the issue of the comma, it's because the comma is a very powerful thing. In speaking, I can sit here and make a point, but if I sit here and pause and then make the point, the power of the pause becomes a powerful tool in speaking. But the power of the pause is a powerful tool in your faith because most people do not have the ability to wait on anything. They are so rushed. They are so in a hurry. They are so decisive in everything. The power of the pause takes no root in their faith. And if you're ever going to see God complete what he started in you, you've got to learn how to pause. Let God be God. It looks bad, but God's not done. It looks rough, but God has a plan. Pause. There's been many times in my life that I've had this moment to be, ah, what would you call it, Heather? Just, just, uh, just that, that immediate, uh, gosh, I, I used it a minute ago in, in the last service to where you're, you're responsive or, or you're reactive. There are so many reactors in Lee County, New Mexico. There are responders and there are reactors. And for a lot of our faith, we react to whatever happened to you. Reaction is a natural fleshly cause. We react to when a wife says something. We react to a Facebook post. We react to news that we hear on Rush Limbaugh. We can be better reactors than to allowing the patience of the pause to kick in and allowing responding to take place. God does not need to be, God is not asking you to be a reactor when there's power in responding what he's trying to do in your life and the lives of those around them. So the greatest people that have been changed in my life, people that I have prayed for and prayed for and prayed for, were not changed overnight and they were not changed with the power of one prayer. It was time. It was faith. It was love. And it was pause. They have made poor decisions in their life. Comma. And God is not done with them yet, period. And you need to know that. That this whole story is about God at work and two people who had to think about if they wanted to be a part of his plan. And thank God they did. It's the power of the pause. It's the power of the moment. Scripture goes on and tells us this. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David. And this is the moment to where the pause gives a moment for God to prove himself. Instead of him making a decision and turning her over to all the people who would have finished her off. Joseph turns and allows God to be God. And by the way, it was in a dream. He was taking a nap. There's something godly to be said about a nap. Some, let me just tell you, folks, there's a moment that you want to freak out, and I would just turn and say, take a nap. Take a nap. I can't sleep. No, 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 no. Let me show you how. 
Let me show you how. Let me show you how to take a nap. Take a nap. Oh, my God. Take a nap. Oh, I'm glad I got that off my chest. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. Confirmation. It looks bad, but God's not done. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Have patience. Have patience. God's at work. And she will bring forth a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. The finished work is 33 and a half years later. But God's at work in your wife and you right now. This wedding shower, they got turned into a baby shower. Are we willing to even look at our situations and go, it's not good? It doesn't look good. It's embarrassing. And I would turn and say, we all have been there before in every kind of way possible. But in this story, it's like your story. It looks bad, but God's not done. It looks bad, but God's not done. Two things I want to remind you of. They can be found in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, and all over throughout scriptures. Two things. Number one, we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. And for everybody in the room that you would say, I'm not even a believer in Christ, let me, let me just have you sit back for a minute. I don't even believe in God. I don't, I don't know God. But wouldn't you agree that there are moments that you walk by what you see and one of the biggest struggles you have with Christianity is God asks you to walk by what you don't see. In fact, let me go a little deeper and tell you that it's not that you walk blindly. It's walking in what God can only show you. And for those who don't believe, that's blindness. For people that trust Him, it's called faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. For this Christmas season, there's a lesson for every one of us as do we walk by sight and not by faith? Do we go by what we see instead of what God's trying to show us? And I turn back and remind you this. If it's not good, God's not done. And, and, and that's so cliche, but it speaks to us on so many levels. We've got to be people that decide no matter what it looks like, I'm going to walk by faith today. No matter what it looks like, I'm going to walk by faith today. Uh, this affects me as a leader, as a pastor. There are many times I can't go by what I see, but I have to go by what I know. It affects me as a husband. She needs me to be the man in our home, in our home, that does not come home and blow up because I need to vent. I need to, I need to let you see what I see. My family needs to not hear what I see, but they need to hear what I have faith for. My family needs to hear me use the words, God's not done with our story yet. Hey guys, come here. Come here. Shut the TVs off. Shut the games off. Come here. Let's gather around there. Let's read what God says. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Hey kids. Hey bean family. Do you ever get afraid? Do you ever get afraid? Do you ever get scared? They did too. Hey, listen. 
What's conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And guess what, Bean family? I'm talking to you like you're the Bean family. Imagine all of us sitting around the, the, little, the little table. Guess what, Bean family? The Holy Spirit's doing something in us as a family. And it, it, sometimes it doesn't look good, but God's not done. We're, we're, we're believing that we get Brady, we get you for five more years, and you move out. Don't cry. And we, we get Hudson, <laughs> Hudson, we get you for eight more years. Eight more years. Don't cry. And, and, and in those years, we need to use this time not to grow in each other, getting be better buddies, better friends. We need to use this time to strengthen our faith in God. Brady, Hudson, I don't want to be your best friend. I'm your dad. I'm a steward over you, not your buddy. And I'm building you because God's given me the anointing to grow your faith. Because one day you will leave this house. <laughs> and, and when you leave this house, we are not building you to be kids. We do not want you to be 18-year-old children for the rest of your life. We're putting you out in this world to be difference makers and world changers. We're putting you out in this world to be faith filled people to put your faith in God Brady Bean I know you want this but you're going to have to turn to God and ask him for it and quit asking us for it and that takes faith oh man that'll preach that's going to somebody right now you keep going to us for things and I'm going to start telling you no here's why because the same God who provides for mom and dad I promise will provide for you but if we keep having you depend on us you'll never know the God who supplies for us. So Brady Bean, you kick it in. Come on. Hudson Bean, you're just too cute. You just keep coming and asking us, okay? <laughs> but there's going to be a day that we turn to you and ask you, are you putting more faith in mom and dad than you are? The God who provides for mom and dad. There's going to be bullies in our kids' lives. There's going to be bullies in life. And then we, do we, you know, do we go in and rescue our children? I would say, yes, yes, you do. However, you also know that line that you cross to where you're like, no, not this time. You're going to have to believe God for this situation. Brady Bean had a situation like this at school. And I had to turn to him and say, okay, do we walk by sight? And everybody now is freaking out. Heather's like, you need to go up there and whoop that dad. Okay. And, and, and I mean, golly. And, and so, so now all of a sudden we're all reacting. Have you guys had reaction moments in your family too? And, and Brady and I hopped in the truck and we, we drove to Sonic and got a shake. And I turned to him and I said, you're going to have to learn how to handle these situations. And every situation I've ever been in, it was by faith that God got me out. God got me through. And he said, but how do you talk to people? How do you, how do you confront a bully? And I said, well, let's, let's pray about it. And we, we sat there and we held hands. No, we were through driving now. We were pulled over, okay? And we're holding hands and we're praying. We're praying for this situation, okay? And, and, and we said amen. And then we just silence, silence in the truck. And we're driving down the road. And, and, and all of a sudden this communication took place. And we talked about confronting, how you, how you walk up to a good friend and you go, what the heck is going on in our relationship? Why is this happening? We're too good of friends. I don't know why you feel this. And then here's this 13-year-old kid who I could turn to him and tell him, let's just hate him. You want to hate him? Let's hate him together. We'll hate him together. I'll coach his football team and make him run. 
Tell me, I'll coach, I'll coach that football team. I'll make that kid run. No, you're not playing all day long. Come on. That's not faith. That's sight. After praying and praying and letting God go to work in my son and seeing more and more how my hands came off and my hands came off and I got to see him build and grow, Brady confronted a bully and today those two are best friends. Super friends, super great friends. Played football together and everything. I didn't have to coach. <laughs> but you tell me this. Are we more reactors? Or are we, are, we, are we responding to the faith that God has called each and every one of us to? Do you walk by faith or do you walk by sight? And I would turn and say that sight will blind you from what God's trying to do in you. Sight will blind you from what God's trying to do in you. And once again, I'll say it. If it's not good, God's not done. So, y'all want to hear about my weekend? Y'all watch Facebook? So, I'm closing. This weekend was a challenging weekend for Heather and I. And uh, Heather and I rarely get to get away. We rarely, rarely get to get, get, to get away. But we finally got a babysitter to watch the boys. And my mom came down to watch them. We got, we got basically 24 hours to get out of town, maybe a little bit more, 36 hours, to, and to get back home. We had some Christmas shopping to, done, to do. And so Friday, we pulled into Lubbock, and we went off. I mean, we went to every store. Uh, 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 um, Old Navy. Old Navy has jeans on sale for five bucks, Mom. Okay? So just letting everybody know, five to ten bucks. Yeah. And so, and so here's all these jeans for sale. And Hudson, if you've ever seen little Hudson, he wears high waters everywhere he goes, the poor kid. Just, just high waters everywhere he goes. And Hudson Bean got new jeans for Christmas. Got a new shirt. Heather picked out the coolest jacket, little wool jacket. We packed the back seat of my truck, and it's a huge back seat. We got all of our Christmas done for the kids. Remember a couple weeks ago, I, I preached on getting them what they wanted versus what they needed. We got them a bunch of what they needed. Uh, Heather got some cool Christmas presents. She bought me some new Nike shoes. Would never wear them, but she got me some new Nike shoes. And <laughs> everything's great. Everything's loaded in the back, okay? And we go on a date, and then we go to our hotel room and watch a movie. And at about 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning, I get up and go get in the truck to kind of organize the back seat. And someone has broken into our truck and stolen everything. Stolen everything. Uh, I tell you what, um, well, I can't tell them what, what was left over because Brady will hear it. But, um, but there was, they, they don't play golf. They left all the golf stuff. Um, so here we are, and uh, everything's gone. So my truck has been broken into. Everything is gone. And I think, okay, at least, at least let's get the truck won't start. The truck won't start. And so if things couldn't be worse, not only is all our Christmas stolen, but now we're stuck in Lubbock. Okay? So it was like something off of the Grinch stole Christmas. Because my truck wasn't the only truck that was hit. It was four of the trucks that were hit. And they're all just sprinkled down through the parking lot. 
and everyone comes out at the same time and it looked like the day after the Grinch stole Christmas as Cindy Lou Who is, and all of her family are standing outside and they're all crying for Christmas. All 18 of us are in the parking lot just crying for Christmas. It was the most horrible thing you ever saw and nobody can start their truck. Nobody can start their truck. Well, all of a sudden the tow trucks start coming and I'm reminded of the message I'm going to preach to you today. So thanks a stinking lot. <laughs> and I'm sitting in my truck, and Heather's already come outside, and she came in and she said, I, I, called, I called Justin Nossif. Justin Nossif's on the way to come help you. And I'm sitting there, and all I can think is, we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith. We don't walk by sight. No matter what I see, it does not reflect what God is doing in me. And the more that I began to think about it, the more I began to think about it, the more I thought, heck no, we are not towing this truck today. And I began to pray, Father God, you've given me wisdom, you've given me knowledge, you've given me hands, and you've given me feet. I am not stuck here. You have given me the ability to learn. You have given me the knowledge to grow. Show me what's wrong with this truck. And instantly my eyes opened and I was blind to all that was happening around me. And my faith was giving me the sight that only I could see. Well, only God could show me. And I started digging through the book. And I noticed over here they had popped open my fuse box. And so I began to study every fuse in my truck. Every stinking fuse in my truck. And I began to notice what was missing. About that same time, this electrician drives by. And his truck's working. But I thought electrician fuses. And I waved him down. And he was a good old boy. And at least he could go get me some fuses. And I gave him $30. And I said, can you go and just get me some 10, 15, and 20 amp fuses? He goes, you bet. And he went and got them. And I'm studying that book and I'm looking and he came back with a whole bag full of fuses and I just went to popping fuses just went to putting fuses where they're supposed to go doing everything I was supposed to do and then I came to this one spot where the fuse I put it in I heard the click and the ding of the truck and I thought ding <laughs> and I raced back over and Justin Nossif is sitting here and Heather's sitting here and Blakely's sitting there and I uh, Finley fin Finley's sitting here and I go in Jesus name zoom and the truck started right up and, and let me tell you why. Let me tell you why this is so big to me. Because I sat there and I knew this wasn't going to work. Just get the truck towed. Just get the truck towed. But something told me that I have hands and I have a heart and I have faith. And even if this fails, it takes me out of what I see and it puts me into God's not done. And it just so happened, you're going to have situations where nothing works, but you step out of what you see and you step into, God's not done. It's not good, but God's not done. But in this case, the fuse worked and the truck started right up and it was one victory. Have you ever had one victory before? Well, let me tell you what happened next. We get going and now we've got to go back to every store that we bought yesterday all over again. And we pulled into Old Navy, and Heather goes in, and she's just hoping those pants are still there. But they're not, because we bought all his sizes yesterday. And every store we went back to, none of the sizes that fit our boys was there. Because we bought them yesterday, and they're gone. And Heather would go into one store, and she'd see they're gone, and she'd go, I'd hold her. I'd put her head right here. And we'd go to the next door. And I'd say, babe, we don't walk by faith. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And why do I tell you this? Listen to me closely. Listen closely. Let me have your attention. 
you're going to have victories and turn around and things aren't going to look good immediately. And you're going to have a victory and immediately your faith is going to be tested again. And you're going to have another victory and instantly your faith is going to be tested again. We've all had those moments where we just had a victory and now we're tested again. And I would tell you this, we go by faith upon faith upon faith upon faith upon faith upon faith upon faith. You continue to add to your faith continuously daily because we don't walk by faith. We, we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. Come on, think about that. It may look bad, but God's not done. Okay, we're going to do, uh, will the worship team come up? Okay, so a minute ago, you guys sang a song. We're going to close with this song again. Can we put the words up there? Hope is alive. And we're going to sing it. And there's some people in the room that says, Ty, things don't look good. And I say, that's okay. By faith, we're going to sing this song. Right? right? Okay, now listen. You know why this song means so much to me? Because it tells me that hope is alive. Heaven declares. But this song was written by Fabian and Leslie. This is our original, very own. And there's been many times I have walked around this church and prayed and couldn't remember the verses, but I could sing the chorus all day long. Hope is alive. Heaven declares. Ty Bean, don't you keep your chin down. Hope is alive. Hope is alive. <laughs> Man, I wanted to tuck my chin and be depressed so bad. And I kept singing, hope is alive. Can we start off with that? So we, with that, if we're going to jump right in the chorus, you got to all stand to your feet. Okay? And you may not feel like hope is alive, but by faith, by faith, not by sight, by faith. Okay, are you ready? Okay, let's hit it. Father God, I pray for my friends. I pray for their heart. Hope is not dead. Hope is alive. You are our hope, Lord Jesus. Today I pray that you would finish the good work that you have started in us. We do not walk by sight. We walk by faith. For young and old, we walk by faith. We walk by faith. Lord, we love you. Guide us. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Next week is a celebration. We're going to end our service with the celebration of our limitless giving. A huge offering we're taking that involves the whole church. Hope is alive. Hope for your church. Believe for what God's doing here. And next week, come with a celebration offering that's worthy of who He is. Cowboy Junction, I love you. Jesus loves you. Don't you ever forget it. It's time to love God, love people, and have no limits in our life. See you later.